Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. As I read through the pages of Holy Writ, what I find is that God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps the helpless who can't help themselves. You know, in the Gospels, what's really intriguing to me is that Jesus is so attracted to the helpless. He's attracted to the helpless and the hopeless. That's the ones that he came for. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Contrary to what many think, God helps those who help themselves is not found in the Bible. Pastor J.D. shares today that the opposite is actually true. Jesus came to help the helpless because they're the ones who recognize their need for help. Let's drop the pretenses and realize how much we need God's help daily. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, God is Able. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Verse 10, and now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, verse 11, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? And I want you to notice this as well. For we are powerless. Stop right there. That's another good place to be, isn't it? When you come to that place where you realize that in and of yourself, you do not possess that which you need in order to have the victory in that which you are up against. You are helpless. You are powerless. You are, if you will, unable. Oh, what'd you say? I am unable. You are? Well, guess what? I'm able. What are you saying? I think, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's when we're unable that we cry out to the God who is able. Am I right? 
Let me flip it around. Isn't it true that when we are able, we don't need to cry out to the God who is able? Because we got this. (laughs) That's what we think. You know, we talk about God is the God of the impossible. There's another one for you, right? Nothing too hard for the Lord. God can do the impossible. Here's the problem though. (laughs) Sometimes if it's still possible for us, it's hands off to Him. It's still possible. Okay, let me know. I'll be waiting when you come to the end of yourself and you realize that this is impossible in and of yourself. I'll take care of it. But unless and until you come to that place that Jehoshaphat and all of Israel find themselves in, where you acknowledge, I cannot, that you say to the God who can, you can. Listen to what he says. We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. (laughs) Wow! How many times have I, at the end of myself, said, God, I don't know what to do. And it's as if I can see God just in heaven almost like he's scratching his head going, (laughs) I know what to do. You don't know what to do? I don't know what to do. I know what to do. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then listen to what he says after he says, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Now, (laughs) stay with me. Isn't it true that the only time our eyes are on Him is when we don't know what to do. Are we okay here? Do I need to speak just of my own (laughs) faltering and failing in this particular area? When do I look to Him? When are my eyes on Him? When I don't know what to do. When I'm powerless. When I'm helpless. When I've come to the end of myself and I don't know (laughs) what to do. That's when our eyes are on you. And by the way, let me say it again. Maybe again you'll tire of me saying this again, but I'm going to say it again. This is the best place to be when you come to the end of yourself. You're powerless, helpless, you don't know what to do, and your eyes are on Him, the one who does know what to do. You're unable? Good. God is able. Now watch what happens in response to this. Meanwhile, verse 13, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their children, their wives, and their children. 
It's just words on the pages of our Bible. But can you just, speaking of the imagination, just kind of use your imagination and, and picture the scene of utter terror? Do you realize what's at stake here? They are facing this great horde, and against all odds, this is how it ends. They're done. They're doomed. They're finished. They're terrified. They're paralyzed in fear, don't know what to do. They are powerless. And they turn their eyes to the Lord, and they cry out, to the Lord in this state. And you don't think God's going to respond? How is it for us as earthly parents, and even grandparents, I'll add, when our little children or grandchildren cry, are you not going to respond? I remember when our boys were young, and man, I just, I could not stand it when they would cry. And I'm ready to tax heaven and earth and the moon and the sun and the stars and everything that is created in them to just do everything and anything that I can to hearken unto the voice of their cry. They're crying out. And in all of their helplessness, all of their helplessness. Well, let's read on. Verse 14. And this is interesting. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeiel, son of Mataniah, a Levite. That's interesting. Not a prophet, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. And by the way, these were the worship leaders. We have the Psalms of Asaph. These these were worship leaders in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Now, this is the word of the Lord to them in response to Jehoshaphat praying and crying out to God. Listen, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. And here it is, for the battle is not yours, but God's. What? Oh yeah, no, no. You know what? You don't have to worry about a thing. No need to fear. No need to be dismayed. No need to give way to despair. God is not even going to let you fight this battle. God's going to take care of this. For you and instead of you, as only He can for His glory, and you're good. Tomorrow, verse 16, go down against them, Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. You know what you need to do? This is all you need to do. Stand firm. 
Hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. I love this. This is one of those places in God's Word of which there are many. But it's almost like God is saying, watch me now. (laughs) Just stand there. Don't move. Hold your ground. Just watch this. (laughs) You don't have to do anything. You're not going to fight the battle. Just watch me. Watch me now. Watch and see. Behold the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to save you. I'm going to do this for you. Watch me. Watch me now. And then he says again, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. And it's great. I would really encourage you to read the rest of the account. They actually send the worship, the singers out in front and they're praising God in advance of, for and before the victory. They're praising God in advance for that which He has yet to do, because He is able and willing, and He will do it, and He does do it for them, and instead of them, the battle belongs to the Lord. You're not even going to have to fight. Now, Let me hasten to say, once again, this does not mean that there aren't those times when God has us fight the battle in order to obtain the victory. There are numerous accounts of the Israelites having to go into battle. Jericho is one of them. And even then, you know what the battle plan was? These are your marching orders. Just march around the city seven days, and on the seventh day, march around seven times, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you the victory. That's all we have to do? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. That's the battle plan? Yeah. <laughs> you're, and you're going to, yeah, I'm able. I am able. And he does. Sometimes there is a battle. Sometimes all God requires that we do is to stand firm, stand strong, remain steadfast by faith, trusting Him to do that which He is able and willing to do for us. In the context of today's text, the Apostle Paul is referring to those times when we are unable. God is always able. Maybe you're here this morning. And like Jehoshaphat, you don't know what to do. It's coming down to the wire. You're powerless. Everything you've tried in your own strength, in your own efforts, has failed and failed miserably. And you throw up your hands and say, God, this is too great for me. This is too much for me. I don't know what to do. And it's then that God says, I know what to do. You're unable. I 
am able. I want to close with a verse. Actually, we looked at this last week. It's a verse that God has really, has of late been ministering to me and encouraging me with, and it's in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 32. And I'll just read it, and then I want to make a couple of closing comments. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The reason I mention it again this week is because it really does capture the very essence of this grand and glorious truth concerning God being able and willing to do anything and everything for us because of His love for us. If God is willing and able to give us His only begotten Son, He did not spare His only begotten Son, whom He gave because He so loved the world, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting... If God is willing and able to do that, do you think that there's anything that He won't do, big or small? Don't think about that. God, wait, you were willing to do that for me? You know what that means? There's nothing you won't do for me if you would do that. I was thinking about this uh, this last week, and I was just reflecting on and thinking about, as I often do, the rapture. And the thought came to me that, and it was a much needed reminder for me, because of some things that I'm petitioning the throne concerning currently in my own life. And I was sort of struck by how that we believe by faith that when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up in the twinkling of an eye, which is a almost a, not, a, not a blink, like a sparkle. It's going to be that fast. And we're going to put off corruptible, put on incorruptible, get our glorified bodies and meet the Lord in the air. We're trusting God to do that for us. He is able to do that and willing to do that. And He won't provide the money for next month's rent. Really? Don't think about that, right? What did you fill in the blank with? Let's put it into its proper and appropriate perspective. 
If God is able to do this and do that, will He not do this or that for you? What's God going to say to you? And again, I, I'm not trying to be clever or facetious or cute here. <laughs> Couldn't even if I wanted to uh, try. But you think God is going to say to you, listen, I gave you my only begotten son, all right? That whosoever should believe in him, would believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? All right? And I'm, yeah, I'm going to rapture you up when the trumpet sounds. Dead in Christ can rise first. Okay? Now, I did my part. Now, you need to do your part. Come on, buck up, buttercup. <laughs> That's not the Lord. Oh, but I thought God helps those who help themselves. I remember as a, a, a new believer, I said I was going to close. I will close. I'm, I'm almost there. <laughs> but um, I remember as a, as a new believer, it was actually a cousin of mine, uh, and I didn't know the Bible yet. I was still reading the Bible, hadn't read it through for the first time yet from cover to cover. And my cousin comes up to me, well-intentioned as he was, and he says to me, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. As if to be quoting Scripture. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. must be in the book of Hezekiah. (laughs) The problem is there's no book uh, Hezekiah, (laughs) and that's why it's not there. In fact, not only is it not there, the opposite is there. As I read through the pages of Holy Writ, what I find is that God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps the helpless who can't help themselves. You know, in the Gospels, what's really intriguing to me is that Jesus is so attracted to the helpless. He's attracted to the helpless and the hopeless. That's the ones that He came for as the great physician. If you're well and you can help yourself, I guess you don't need the Lord, right? He helps the helpless. He is able. I want to say it lastly. If it's good, it's God. If it brings glory to God, we can be assured without question that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we could ever possibly even begin to imagine, let alone ask. Won't you let him? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. 
Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me to 